Hey everybody, TLC here, back again with another episode for this week, but not really, because um, technically speaking, I'm not recording this this week. I recorded this last week, or this is like a time paradox. You're going to be hearing this on, you know, the, the week of the 20... Uh, the 20... I'm sorry, the week of the 19th, but I'm actually recording this on the 15th because I'm going to be on a trip from uh, tomorrow until Tuesday, so I won't be able to record, which is sad, but that's why I'm, re- I'm recording now and losing another like three hours of sleep for the f- plane flight that I'm waking up for at 3 a.m., so that's going to be fun. Anyway... Uh, today's episode is going to be about a slightly different topic. It's going to be a little bit uh, off the beaten path for us here. So you all know that I normally focus on guys because there really aren't that many people who you know give open support for guys or for masculinity, even on the conservative side, except, of course, for the awesome Dr. Jordan Peterson. If you read his book, do it. Do it now. I have to do it after the do it after watching podcast. Do it after the podcast. I need the views, please. But <laughs> today I'm going to be talking on an issue that girls have been facing, specifically teen girls. But before we get into that, quick meme of the week. Though it is on in the wrong week, like it, it's okay. Uh, me- memes are transcendent of time. So, uh, this is a typical soy boy Chad meme. It's a soy boy saying, You need to be more inclusive and tell LGBTQ stories to your children. And the Chad just like, okay. And then you say, and then the Chad, son, this is the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> and then the soy boy with like the crazy <laughs> face in the background, like the crazy screaming face where his jaw, lower jaw is like five miles below his upper jaw. It's great. Anyway, uh, back to the actual topic. We have to go to our best friends who definitely never lied to us about a certain virus or a certain vaccine, the CDC. That's Center for Disease Control, if you didn't know. I only figured that out in 2020. I mean, probably everybody knows this by now, not gonna lie, since you know all of the things that the CDC has been doing and actively in our lives, maybe a bit too actively, if you ask me. But, you know, uh, yeah, so little tidbit of information in case you didn't know that. Anyway, as a recent study by the CDC showed that nearly 60% of teenage girls in America are suffering from depression and suicidal thoughts or thoughts of self-harm. When it's also a 60% increase from about a decade ago. Break it down a little bit more. About 30% of teenage girls contemplated suicide, 18% of teen girls experienced some kind of sexual violence, and 14% of teen of girls had been forced into having sex, which is not not good. That's bad. This is the highest level of depression seen in an entire decade for teen girls, and it is about twice the uh, thing of teen boys. Men do technically still have a higher depression rate, but we're not going to get into a fight over who's more depressed. That would be stupid and make me sound like a leftist. Anyway, point being, um, our teen girls are having problems, and even though our teen boys aren't having as much of a problem as they are, all, all of our teens are having problems. Teens who identify on somewhere 
on the uh, LGBTQ spectrum also are suffering from abnormally high rates of depression and suicidal thoughts. Now, obviously, the most likely cause is the fact that there was a government-mandated house arrest for two years straight that kept everybody from seeing friends and family and kept us isolated in our homes, which caused lots of depression and caused people who were already having depression issues to get much worse depression issues. So there's that. I think that's a pretty um, valid argument that could be made. You'd say that it's very likely that a lot of this has to do with the pandemic lockdowns. But even if it's not because of that, and I'm sure not every single one of these cases is because of the lockdowns, but most of them are probably because of the lockdowns. We know that biologically speaking, generally speaking, women are more uh, attuned to, you know, uh, what's the word, social activities. They prefer hanging out with groups of people more than men do, and having that taken away is going to affect them more than it affects men. Now, twice as much is a big number, but, or not a big number, but it's a big value, big difference there. And Obviously, it's not all because of the lockdowns, but the lockdowns, I'm sure, played a large role in it. But besides the lockdowns, the only other factor that, like, or the only other large factor, general sweeping large factor, that probably caused a lot of this depression was just, honestly, the political climate of this country and, like, the climate overall. Not like climate change, Greta Thunberg yelling at you climate, like climate, like social climate. The fact that everybody's trying to kill each other because we have differing views on things. And I know that I'm like the most militant person ever on abortion, so I shouldn't talk. But abortion isn't necessarily a one-sided political issue since there is a for-life organization with practically every single adjective you could think of including Democrats for life, feminists for life, atheists for life, I could go on. But, like, all you hear on the news these days is just constant anger, hate, pain, death. This isn't good for anybody's mental health, especially for teens going through the craziest time of our lives. According to Dr. Deborah Howery, Hoory, Howery, yeah, I don't know how to say that. H-O-U-R-Y. Who? Howery. Hoory. I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry, person, whoever you are. I don't know you. But yeah, it's, uh, I very much screwed up that name. Anyway, she's one of the CDC's chief medical officers who is quoted in this article saying, High school is time for trailblazing, not trauma. Now... In my humble opinion, the five AP classes I'm taking feel a lot more like trauma than trailblazing, but the good doctor is right in theory, at least. High school is already stressful enough without the added effects of people constantly telling us that the world is going to end or that half the population hates us and wants to kill us. Most kids don't have strong foundations. Most families aren't full. Well, many families aren't full. I don't I don't know if it's... I would say it's probably most... By now, honestly, which is sad, but I don't know that for sure, so I won't say most, but many, many families are not full, are broken up, or just not, like, true 
may well, how do I say this? I want to say tr- I don't want to say true love because that sounds really cringy and like Disney movie like. But I mean, it is kind of what is missing in a lot of families, like an actual loving relationship between the mother and father. So yeah, there's that. They just aren't full in that way, even if they're still together technically and physically. But possibly the largest reason why we are having issues with foundation and kids just not having any foundation is that they're not founded in God at all. And I know this makes me sound like a 90-year-old woman from church, but I'm serious. Like, they're not founded in any kind of morality at all. A lot of people these days, generally, not even just teens, like, families have nothing holding them together. They have no actual loving relationship between the mother and father. There's no God. There's nothing. It's just two people who decided to live with each other. Like, that's not what marriage is supposed to be. There's got to be something more than just, oh, I want to sleep with you. Okay, cool, I want to to, as well. And without that, teens are missing something. Families are missing something, but the kids are missing something especially. Like, my foundation in God and my faith in Him are the reasons why I've never thought about things like resorting to suicide or self-harm to deal with my stress. The stress of high school and teenage life is very real, And I'm sure I have it easier than a lot of other people. That's why having faith is so important. I know many people won't believe me. It sounds a bit silly and superstitious. But I really do feel happier and calmer and safer when I'm praying or in church or doing pro-life work or anything that brings me closer to God, brings me into his presence. I want to spread that peace not only to my peers, but to people all across the country and across the world. This country especially is hurting and needs God. It needs the peace and the strength that comes from having a strong foundational Christian faith in God. Many young people just end up leaving the church when they get older. And then people will point at them and say that they're progressives or crazy leftists. And sure, there are lots of younger kids who are crazy progressives and super leftist. But there are also lots of adults who are crazy progressive and super leftist. And probably more crazy progressive super leftist adults than there are teens. Even the creaky old man in the White House. He's definitely not a teenager. He may be approaching that year when you get to add an extra digit to the end of your age. As in the third digit. Even though there are a lot of younger kids and teens who are very progressive, there are lots of kids who are looking for Jesus in their lives, who haven't just abandoned the faith, even if they've ended up leaving the church. They may be still looking for Jesus unintentionally, just like how these kids are. The kids who are suffering from all these uh, ailments, depression and suicidality, They are searching for Jesus, and churches need to work to invite them in. Sure, it's expected of Christians to go to church, okay? But 
this is a world where Christianity is once again being challenged and treated like a weird fringe thing, just like it was back in the times when it was all new, and the apostles were the, looked like these crazy psycho people. Now, maybe it's not that bad, but the, this, we're once again at a time in history where we need to actively go out and preach and bring people in. People will not just come to us if we keep reading the Bible enough. Reading the Bible is important, but we need to go out and we need to get people to come with us and read it with us. We can't just work to save ourselves. Many young kids aren't just unintentionally searching for Jesus, they are intentionally searching for Jesus. There is a group of college students, a quite large group, about 100 to 300 people, I'd say, somewhere in that range, maybe like 100 to 200, who have been to church for seven days straight. They went to church for an entire week. A week. And have been praying there for a week. People, the young generation is not lost yet. We have lots of potential. We just need somebody to help us utilize that potential properly and for the right things. Our teens need good support systems, whether it comes from parents and guardians, friends, or anywhere. As long as you have a good support system that is rooted in God, you will be fine because you will always have that support system to turn on to to fall back on and you'll always have God to fall back on without God taking that support away it becomes much easier to fall into depression and suicidal thoughts without any support at all as most of these people are trying to work with it becomes very easy to fall into those thoughts if you know somebody like this or suspect that somebody might be in need of help, reach out. Seriously, any anything can help. There is no limit to the possibilities that one small thing can do for somebody who is really on the edge there. And if that one wave or nice greeting and passing or little thing ends up saving them, from jumping off a cliff, it'll have been worth it. The reason so many kids go into the, or buy into the crazy leftist propaganda is because they are told that this is what will make you happy, this is what's going to make you free, and that this, the people on the other side hate you and want to oppress you and yada 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 and all these things. And the issue is that conservatives, a lot of the time, don't really deny that. Or they try to, like, make this weird argument of, like, yeah, but we, 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 we want to not let you do that. Like, they, I don't understand how some conservatives argue these things. And I'm not referring to anyone in particular. And nobody big, like, Ben, Matt, you guys are all good, honestly. I don't really see an issue with what you guys are doing, confronting people, Steven Crowder, these kinds of people, all good all going out and actually talking about it. I'm more referring to, like, politicians and whatnot who are on the Republican side. 
And a lot of them aren't even really conservative anyway, so I probably shouldn't have said conservatives. But Democrats and leftists paint those people as the conservatives. It's like they're all like them. While really a lot of just Republican politicians are just cowards who can't properly give out the real truth of Jesus' message to people. And that's why it falls flat a lot of the time. We need to go out and be very open about who we are and what we want to do. We want to bring people into the fold. Now, does this mean supporting anything anybody does, no matter what the circumstance, in an effort to get them to agree with you? No. No, this does not mean that. This means being open to accepting them and bringing them in, but explaining as to why they are wrong on that certain subject or certain topic. Like, for example, we are not supposed to affirm the identity of a man who is under the illusion that he is a woman, or vice versa. However, we aren't supposed to treat... We aren't supposed to, how do, like, try to shun them out. We have to accept people with grace and love the same way that Jesus did. Because a lot of these people are not actively trying to, uh, or actively out to get us. They have been told that we are bad, and they are living a life that is very devoid of God, and therefore devoid of anything good, because God is all that is good. If we are patient and graceful and kind, we can bring people in because we will show them what happens when you have faith in God. And these same people who are suffering from depression and suicidality and all of these other mental issues or people who are very big into LGBTQ stuff and think that that and think that Christians are going to hate them for that automatically will see and realize, wait a second, I'm not hated for this. They don't hate me. They want me to be a part of their group. And we do because we want people, other people to be saved. We don't want people to go and burn in hell. We should try to prevent that at all costs. We want hell to be empty because God wants hell to be empty. And we should want what God wants because we should follow God's will. At the end of the day, this is what's important to remember. We can do all of the doctrinal and, like, straight God's law things that we want. We can go to church every week, read the entire Bible 50 times over. But if we don't live it, if we don't go out and help people and spread Jesus' word, we haven't done what's asked of us as Christians. We should remember Matthew 25. Then the king, Jesus, will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, 
or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes to clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And then the king, Jesus, will reply, Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Well, that was the end of the episode, guys. Thank you for everything. Thank you for listening. Had a little bit of a dramatic end to that one. The good old quote from Matthew Matthew's Gospel. It's Matthew 25, 31 to 40, just if anybody wants to actually look that up. I mean, obviously, the literal translations are a little different depending on the version of the Bible you use. But same general uh, basic gist. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to watch, catch the new movie, The Jesus Revolution, coming out next week, which is kind of similar to what I'm talking about today. Well, it's not coming out next week. It's coming out at the end of the week that you'll be watching this episode. So it's coming out on the Friday that you'll be watching the episode. So, like, whatever that day the episode comes out. So it comes out three days after the episode comes out. Watch it. It's basically what I've been talking about this entire episode about how we need to go out and talk to kid, young kids and get them into Jesus because Jesus is great. And, he, and Jonathan Rumi's playing it. He's playing, like, the main character who isn't Jesus, but he's still playing him, and Jonathan Rumi's great because he's in The Chosen. What's Chosen 2? Anyway, guys, thank you so much. I'll see you later. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at WeNeedTLC or at email me, gmail, WeNeedTLC at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you guys next time. God bless. Goodbye.